Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. The world's a, there's a lot of hurt out there. There's a lot of pain, and um, and and we we have the answer, you know. And um, and and he Jesus is a is. We're going to be talking about hope this morning, but Jesus is a living hope. That that is incredible. He's a living hope, you know. And beyond this life, he's the only thing that exists where our hope will be fulfilled. There's nothing else in this earth right now that is that is alive that can give you hope everlasting. Only Jesus, only Him, nothing else. And if we, <laughs> if you've got your faith in in the lottery, you know, it, it might produce the the goods. I don't know what the odds are, but even that comes to an end. Most people who win the lottery apparently go broke within seven years. But there's only one thing we can place our hope in, and that is the name of Jesus. So the title of this message today is Hope for Tomorrow and Strength for Today. Amen? Hope for tomorrow and strength for today. And I'm glad that I can place my hope in Jesus, and it's unshakable. It's like an oak. I'll upgrade that to a redwood. Whatever the most, whatever the most stable immovable thing in this world is that we know that is, G- that is our Father God. Immovable. Amen. And I think about hope for, hope for tomorrow and strength for today. And we put our hope out there hoping. I mean, there's people outside here that are like, oh Lord, another day. You know, either just give me strength for another day or help me to get through another day or, oh no, here comes another day. So whilst we are waiting for our hope to be harvested, we need strength in the day that we're in. So we need strength for today whilst we're waiting for our hopes to become reality. Amen. We never stop hoping. And hope is having that desire and that expectation that something good is going to happen. Something good is on the way in the future. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing. And I want to read out of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. In the Amplified Bible, it says that hope that is deferred makes the heart sick. So hope deferred means hope delayed. You know, I hope this would happen, but it didn't. Again, you know, and, and we feel deflated and let down. But, you know, it's, a, it's the long game. We have to still keep our, our hope in Jesus, ultimately. Amen? But it says there, but when desire is fulfilled, it's a tree of life. And I believe that, that God not only meets our needs, by his glory in Christ Jesus, but he also gives us the desires of our heart. And, um, you know, I think we all have desires. I'm sure that that there there are people here that would desire to see young people born again, saved, in church, or in in Christian community. Because 
this is, I believe, what it is we need to think about for the future is Christian community. We get the privilege of being together on a Sunday, but outside of that, it's Christian community that we really need, isn't it? And in, in just a few verses later, in verse 19, it says, a desire that's accomplished is sweet to the soul. Amen? You know, God wants us all to experience the reward of raising our expectations of, of him. Do, do, do you think that's, um, what's the word? Do you think that's uh, irreverent? To have, a, to have an expectation of the Lord. But he says in his word, pray, ask me, be specific, try me now in this. I believe that, that God wants us to put an expectation in him. How, how, how overjoyed was he when David stood in front of Goliath with that expectation? He's like, there's my boy. There ain't no way he leaving that battlefield without the victory. Imagine going into something with that expectation that God, you're, you're my deliverer. This is in, you know, and I, be careful we don't cross over into foolishness, presumption, and pride, but to be able to go in there and say, I know that I've got this because I've got such confidence in you. I know that when you tell me to step out and do something new, a new job, a new business, a new whatever, a new a new relationship, amen, that we've got confidence in him, that he wants to reward us when we, when we have that, raise our expectation, amen. He wants us to experience the good life that we reap from hope's harvest. We get a harvest from our hopes. We will, amen, so we will. And it's like giving a gift to someone. I, I love, the, what's the best time of the year? Okay, all right. I'm not going to disagree with you. Christmas is an awesome time of the year. Uh, I, my wife's a bigger Christmas junkie than me, I have to say. I'm not Scrooge by any means, although she might, you know. But I love being there to, to give gifts to my kids. I just love seeing their reaction. I just love it. Even if I didn't get a present and I had loads and I had a couch full of heaped up presents, I could sit there all morning giving stuff to them. Amen. And God's like the same way. He wants to do that and he wants to be there to see you being, to see your reaction, to see you reaping that hope, to see it coming to pass, to see the desire of your heart being fulfilled. He wants, he's like, I can't wait to see Gail getting that, you know, or who, I can't wait to see their reaction. And that's why I believe that, you know, God, God really desires that for our life. Amen. He wants to be part of your joy being made full. He wants to be included in that. And um, that's why I think one of the most important things in our Christian lives is actually just simple thanks and gratitude every day. And you know what? Every prayer should begin with that. And, 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 and you'll think, I'm going to go and pray for half an hour, but I'll start by giving thanks. I, I, I challenge you, just keep giving thanks and that half an hour will go. And all you'll have done 
is give thanks. That's how incredible it is. And so, you know, as Christians, um, let us share that. Let's not be mean-spirited. Let's be the catalyst for igniting the hope in someone else. Amen? And I believe that that is the multitude out there that are just waiting on, a, on someone who's been sent across their path. Because we can be the spark that ignites hope in people. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says that no one has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. No one has ever imagined. Who's got a great imagination in this place? Amen. Amen. Imagination is awesome. Man, for God to give us imagination to create and do all of these wonderful things, it's like those guys from Holland, Gospel on Walls, that did that big graffiti there. I mean, come on. I mean, so imagination. Um, cake, awesome cake making, you know. You know, and all of imagination, it's just incredible. But it says here that we cannot even imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. That's quite a statement. He must have something really, really, really phenomenal lined up for those who love him. And we need to believe that. And we need to help people to believe. I needed a lot of help to believe things. Go back in God's words. There were people there that needed help to believe Thomas needed help to believe. Peter needed help to believe. All the, all the generals of the faith needed help to believe. People out there need our help to believe. Amen? They need our help. And so God sends us with a message of uh, nearly, we used to have an old banner up there. Oh, well, it's still there, but in digital form. Bringing a message of faith, hope, and love. All we've got to do is just have a servant heart and go out there and do it. God will do the rest. Because I can't give you hope, but I can give you hope in Christ. I in myself can't give you any hope. Amen? And all we have to do is point them towards heaven and explain that the happiness of heaven, the the. You know, people get all sorts of ideas. They've seen cartoons about heaven's gates, the pearly gates, and people waiting outside and all of this. But I, I don't believe it's going to be like that. I mean, I know heaven's described the gates of heaven, but what I, what I sense about heaven is an immense joy, an immense happiness. And that's where all of our hopes will be crowned one day, will be in heaven, in God's presence. Amen? And so... You know, if, if we've got to tell people, look, I'm, I'm here to give you hope and I'm here to point you, I'm here to point you to heaven, then what are we trying to get them to do? We're trying to get them to lift their heads up. And I love this in Psalm chapter 3, verse 3. It says there, it talks about David calling the Lord the lifter of his head. Amen? Just, just, let's just go there. To Psalm 3. Psalm 3, verse 3. 
But you, O Lord. You know, that even in itself, but you. Here's David. His son has betrayed him, turned against him, and his son has amassed a force to come and basically take David out. And um, you see exactly where David's confidence is. But you, but you, but you, O Lord, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. And when God's shield is not like the shield we think of, the little, you know, it's not even like a Captain America shield. You know, in, in those ancient times when, you, when, when those men must have been strong because they carried shields that they could shield maybe at least two or three men behind a shield. They were big shields, heavy shields. So David knew, all, David was a man of war. He knows, he says, when David says, you're a shield about me, he's thinking, he's thinking warfare. He's thinking the, en- the onslaught of the enemy and he knows that there is a shield that can protect 100%. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. Now, if my son betrayed me or my daughter and all of my friends ganged up on me, you know, it's like we're ganging up on you, my head would be down. I'd be despondent. In fact, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be darn near to doing something crazy because, come on, how could it all go? And, you know, so despondency and, you know, your head can sink in depression. And David says, but, but you, O Lord, are the lifter of my head. You lift my head up. And we not only need to tell others to look up, but we need to help them lift their heads up too. We need to help them to lift their heads. Amen? Sometimes we can get this natural posture of depression and sorrow. You know, it's like, you know, the head is down. I I don't know if maybe that's where the old saying comes, you know, chin up, chin up, lad. Chin up, come on, look up. Perk up, you know, chipper, chipper, get on with it. Maybe, I don't know, but he is the lifter of our head. Amen. And David, later on in Psalm 38, he says, he actually says, I go about all day mourning. I mean, he went through some pretty low times, David. I, I, I am bowed down greatly, it says in Psalm 38. I, I mourn all day long. So thank God that he's the God of all comfort. Amen. And that he is, the, he is the strength of our lives. Amen. And God has the ability to lift our heads. He has the ability to come to our rescue and he will not fail us. Amen. And uh, I, I think I may have told this story in, in before, but um, if any of you ever read any of Bill Hybel's books, he, he tells a short story in one of his books about two prisoners in a small jail cell. There's no light in the jail cell, except there's a tiny window in the cell, way up high. And um, there were two prisoners in the jail cell, and both of them spent a long time looking up at that window. And one of the prisoners seen the bars on the window, and that reminded him of his imprisonment, Woe is me, I'm here for a sentence. It's going to be a long time. You know, it was just a, a grim situation for him. And day by day, his chin would drop. He, would, he was just 
a desolate, depressed man. But the other prisoner chose to look through the bars to the stars that were beyond. And he began to be filled with hope, knowing that one day he would be released and he would experience the life beyond the bars of that prison cell. Amen? So he's thinking of starting a new life in freedom. Both of them were looking at the same window, but one seen bars and one seen stars out of the same window. And the difference is, it's, 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 the, it's the, the vision of what you see that makes the biggest difference. It's that vision. It's having hope for the future. Amen? When we look at our lives, especially during COVID, do we just see more trouble coming our way or do we see uh, opportunities coming, coming our way? Do we pray for opportunities every day? Amen? And um, the God of, or should I say, yeah, the God of this world, he wants to blind people to hope. He really does. He wants people to place their hope in temporal things that will be destroyed. You know, um, I, 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 uh, I'm like, I love all this new technology, but I just don't, I, I, this, and this, I'm not being prophetic or anything, I'm just speaking what I think, but I think one day all of this could be gone in an instant and there'll be, we'll be in, 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 in literal digital blackness. It could happen just like that. It actually happens in other countries where they censor and they, they, they black out certain communication. They have immense power. You know, I'm like, why did I throw my old fax machine away? You know, actually, going before that, we had a telex machine, <laughs> which was like a fancy digit, uh, typewriter thing. Do you know what I mean? Why did I throw my old Motorola Flare away? You know, I should have kept that thing. So, but, you know, the, 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 the God of this world wants to blind people to hope. He wants them to stare at their bars instead of looking beyond. And so there is a darkness out there and we've got the job of bringing hope to people. Amen. Amen. That's our mandate, to bring a message, to deliver a message of faith, hope, and love to the people. And if, if, every, it's like being a runner in World War I. We went to see that movie in 1917 at the pictures and it was the story. Has anyone seen it? of those two squaddies that were chosen to take a message to the front lines because it, it was, it's quite interesting. Uh, well, one of the squaddies, his brother was serving in the, I think it was the Devonshire Regiment or something, but the Germans had done something very sneaky. They had, they had, they had fooled the, 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 the Allies into thinking that they'd retreated, but it was a, what they call a strategic withdrawal to lay a much bigger ambush, so, so the plot of the film goes. And so the Allied army is sucked into this and say, right, we're going to go, un not knowing that 1,600 men or something were going to go to their death. And these two men were given the task of running with this message to go and tell them, don't do it. And how, how many times have, do I think sometimes you think, oh, do you know what? Sometimes I think that the enemy is very uh, clever. I think he does strategic withdrawal sometimes. So you think everything, oh, do you know what? Everything's fine. And we, 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 we lose our, we, 
we, we, lose our, we don't hold the word so tightly anymore. We lose our grip on what is, on the way here on, on, on the, this morning, I was thinking in my head, embrace what is pure, embrace what is pure, embrace what is pure. We let that, we let that embrace go. But really, Satan has just retreated until an opportune time when he will come back with an even greater hit on your life, which means, which tells us, stay connected every day, every day, every day. And we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of taking our foot off the gas, as they say. So these send, send these guys all the way over there to go and to um, get a message to these people. They were sent... They were sent, and even in a hope, in what they thought was a hopeless situation, they were still sent to bring hope, to say, you know, don't do this, guys. You're going to lose your lives. Don't do it. Amen? Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. A light of hope will shine. And I'm not going to read the whole passage there. But at the very end of that passage thereafter, we all know we use that at Christmas time. He is, um, you know, wonderful counselor, mighty God. But the end there in verse 7, it says that the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. God is saying, I'm backing you up with everything that we've got. And let me tell you that the armies of heaven, those angel armies are passionate about you. They're passionate about your life. They're passionate about helping you succeed in your mission. You might be scared. You might be afraid to set out on the path that God has, has tugged your heart to go on. And God says that he is passionately committed to making sure that whatever he's called you to do will happen if only you'll surrender yourself to him to let him do it. Amen? Amen? And in John chapter 9, verse 4, it says there, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned by the one who sent us because the night is coming and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. You know, um, those two squaddies were like, their captain said, there you go, that's your task, be, up, be done with it, on you go. And they went through the most horrible scenes that you could ever imagine, amen? But they couldn't stand there and argue with their captain. He says, you got to go now, get going, rifle on, get going, through the trenches, go and find these guys and take them the message. And I think this verse admonishes us that we must quickly, quickly carry out the tasks that assigned to us by the one who sent us. Amen. Hallelujah. I think that we'll carry a little bit over to next week. But I want to round it off in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. It says, it's, For it is by grace, in the Amplified Bible, 
God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved. By grace, we have been saved. Actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves. It's not through your own effort. We can't earn it. We can't do anything to earn it. But it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his own salvation. For we are his workmanship. And this is my favorite part of this verse. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. You're a work of art. Created in Christ Jesus. There's one translation that says, recreated in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed and renewed, and ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he has already set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. There's someone out there waiting on you and me. God predestined it. He and we, he chose us. And he's sending us. And he created you in his image and likeness, but he says you're God's handiwork. That's quite something. Sometimes we say, Lord, can't you just redo this bit of me? You know, it's like I'm, I'm plasticine. Just remake, remodel. But he says, I've made you exactly the way I wanted you because you're going to connect with someone that I'm not going to connect with. Jim's going to connect with someone that I won't, etc., etc. So we, he sends us. And he says here that all of these things that he predestined for us to do are good things. They're good works. They're going to bring people hope. And when we walk in them, he says that it will, we will be living the good life. <laughs> when we walk in them, we'll be living the good life. Are you ready to live a good life? So next week, we're going to talk a little more about Jesus. What, what, what would he say to people? When people were always around Jesus, but he'd say, bring them to me. Bring the helpless Bring the hopeless. Bring the ones that need healing. Bring them. Just bring, bring them. Tell them to come around. Bring them around. And I think, I, think that, I think that when earlier on when I mentioned being Christian community, that's an important principle in that. Come around. And everyone's thinking, aye, that'll be right. We can't go anywhere. But God will give you the way. He'll give you the way. He'll make a way. Amen. And so, thank God that he is our living savior and um, he is a hope that is alive. He is, he is alive. We can place our hope in so many dead things. Things that are like, have got no, no, actually sometimes no earthly value or heavenly value. We place our hope in these things and he's like, I am, I am your living hope. 
And that is the only thing that we need to keep our focus on. Amen, church. Well, praise the Lord. Today, I just will, uh, we'll, we'll close. Thank you for being with us. Um, as you leave today, there are, there are baskets for your offering. If you leave, there's usually, usually one there, but there'll be one at the back. Um, uh, we want to say thank you for your tithes and your offerings. The way that people have continued to give over lockdown has um, kept things moving. And uh, because the councils have shut down so many of their halls, we're having lots of people ask us if they can use the church to, to, to do things. We're thankful for that. We want to do what we can to enable what we have to be a blessing to our community. And so um, we ha God is doing exciting things. Amen. In Kilmarnock, in Kilwinning, we're in, in the three towns in Ayrshire, and, um, and I believe he's positioned us, at, you know, uh, it's like, it's got to be three times, Marlene, third time. It's God's perfect timing. It, it, God, God has a perfect timing, you know what I mean? And even when you, you're like, well, I shouldn't be here, all the circumstances say I shouldn't even be here right now in this moment, God's like, no, 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 this is the actual time you were due to arrive. So what are you, why were you hanging around? Or, or why were you trying to speed it up? He says, no, and this, is, this was the time of your arrival. Yeah, and I believe that Jesus' life was his, 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 his life on earth, but his ministry time was timely. It was bang on time. All of those personalities that were around at that time, it was just God's divine design. And, and he has never stopped that. He has a divine plan for our life. And uh, all we need to do is reach out and grab the sushi bowl. Say, thank you, Lord. That's, you've predestined that for me. I'm going to take it. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.